0: Good morning, I was hoping Ashlyn would be here, I actually have a little funny story for her, but uh, you can pass this on to her, this is for Ashlyn because she's usually the joke teller, and I want to tell a little funny story because the story I want to tell after this is not funny, so I want to kind of, you know, be a little lighthearted at first, the, I, le- I learned this little story, this little joke, I thought it was cute, from, from a childhood neighbor of mine who just sent it to me. He's 95 years old, and his son and I were best of friends. And in fact, it was the kind of neighbor, maybe you've had them before, that I, I uh, one time I went to... Their front door, this is in, this is in a, a suburb of Kansas City where I was growing up, and I went to the front door and I knocked on the door and, and they didn't answer the door for quite a while. They came to the door finally and said, Dave, you know that the family entrance is through the garage. So we've, we've been very close uh, as a family. We were kind of the Protestant. I was the Protestant family and Mike and his family were the, the Catholic family. And but we had a, a great friendship. But his dad sent me this story, uh, and I wanted to share it with you really quick. Um, it seems that uh, that there was a gentleman that was trying to get people, and and he well, in this case, he was trying to invite a centipede to church. And um, he he invites this uh centipede to church and says, uh, you know, you really like my church, it's it's The people are nice there. It'll be a life-changing experience. And the centipede didn't say anything. I'm not sure why. But there was no reply. So the the person inviting the centipede to church says again, listen, uh, our church is is pretty awesome. We have a great pastor, and uh, I think you'll really like it. It'll be life-changing. I want to invite you to church. So please come this Sunday. And the centipede didn't reply. And he thought, man, maybe I'm just unfriendly. So he tried one more time. Would you please come to church this Sunday? And the centipede said, hold your horses. I'm getting my shoes on. <laughs> That's for Ashlin. I feel like one of the San Francisco Giants that retired a long time ago and he's coming back to play and I've forgotten how to play my position. <laughs> it was, it was uh, over 25 years ago on, on and around Christmas Eve and I received a phone call that you just... Pray that you don't get. And this person on the other end of the line who uh, who told me who it was, he says, can I meet you at church? Well, I was already enjoying the Christmas Eve festivities at home and and uh, he said, he said uh, can you meet me at the church right now? I met him at the church. He comes in, sits down and says, uh, and I'm, I'm just trying to tell you like it is, okay? I'm not trying to be dramatic, overly dramatic it just tell you like it is. He just said, uh, I'm hopeless. And I- I'm helpless tonight. And if you don't give me a reason to live, I will end my life in your office. And he pulled out a handgun. And, uh, you know, oh all the bible verses i knew i think i forgot instantly <laughs> you know and everything that i learned about that situation just went out the window and i just found myself begging him to live and and i don't know what all was shared but thank god He didn't end his life that night. And he went on to live a number of more years. You know, a lot of people are hopeless and broken. And sometimes brokenness doesn't end well. And uh, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in America. There's 121 suicides a day in our country There's 44,000 suicides in America every year. And I'm really not here to talk about suicide, but I want to mention that because it's the ultimate, it's the height of hopelessness. And for every suicide attempt, for every suicide, there's 25 attempts. So it's real. And you may have been there before. You may know people in your neighborhood, in your family, people at work, that are suicidal, one of the reasons that we're at church today is so we can leave here and, and with a sense of hope, that we can leave here and give somebody some hope. Um, that's one of the things that hopefully we can, that we can do. Hopelessness, hope, hopelessness is real. When a person says, you know, nothing's going right for me, I can't, I, my relationships have all gone to, down the drain. Everything seems lost and hopeless. We can't live without hope. It's, it's the lifeblood of our survival. We need to have a reason to wake up every day. You know, um, I think it's safe to say, based on the story I just told about one of our church members, that hope, hopelessness can be right in the middle of the church. It's not necessarily somebody who's down and out. It could be anyone. In the Old Testament, there were people that I sense were hopeless. Maybe you've seen their lives before. When I look at the life of King David and I see some of the things that he went through, I thought, man, some of the things he's talking about uh, reveal his own utter sense of hopelessness, David said, and maybe you felt this way before, he said in his prayer to God, he said, Father, how long will you forget me? Will you forget me forever? Have you ever felt that way? That God kind of passed over you? I have. How long will my enemies be exalted over me? That's Psalm 13:1. In Psalm thirteen, two. Job said, my days are without hope. Jesus faced times when if he wasn't hopeless, he was tempted to be hopeless. He said, and I quote, Jesus said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Mark 14, verse 34. Jesus said, Take this cup from me. Luke 22, verse 44, it says, Being in anguish, Jesus prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. So biblical characters felt hopeless. And forgotten and, and, and without God, and thought things would never change, and maybe thought their life was useless and not making a difference. What, what is hope? I suppose hope is different things to different people, but basically, when you think about Scripture, hope is confidence and expectation and security in the Lord. It's more than a feeling, it's, it's trusting that. When I leave church today, I will have a sense that God exists, that God loves me, that God forgives me, that I can trust him, that he's big enough for my problems. That he's bigger than all the the stuff that's going on in the world today that makes me worry about my future. We can put our hope in a lot of things, money and position, power and people and things, but they may be here today and gone tomorrow God will be here forever. There's a void in our lives without a relationship with God. Hope could very well be lost. And the Bible says people that don't know Christ are loved by God. And Jesus died for them. But they're without hope because they're without God. Ephesians 2.12 says, Remember when you were separate from Christ, excluded from God's promise, without hope and without god in the world. I'm sorry those verses they're not working out T- to pull up. If you want to just if you want to just pull some of those out. Hey, Kimmy, I'm I'm easy. I I'm, I'm easy, you know. I saw you were asleep on your pillow back there and I just <laughs> No, I, you know, I I'm, I'm not really I've never really verses up there, so it's all new to me. You know? Even these microphones, no, I've been around a little (laughs) long. Hopelessness is real. Hope is also real. Hopelessness is real in biblical characters. Jesus faced times where he battled I think a sense of hopelessness in his flesh but hope in the bible is our anchor when we realize our inadequacies and learn to depend more fully on god we realize our inadequacies, inadequacies the same david who in psalm 13:1 ta da the same, the same David who said in Psalm 13, 1, How long will you forget me, Lord? Said something different in Psalm 13, verse 5 and 6. And we'll never know. Okay? I can just read, yeah. Okay? But I trust in your unfailing love. He goes from verse 1, How long will you forget me, Lord? To verse 5, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Well, how did he get from a sense of hopelessness, How long will you forget me? To verse 5, But I trust in your unfailing love. I will sing your praise. For you have been good to me. Well, the answer is in verse 2 through 4 of Psalm 13. How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? I'm here to tell you that sometimes, as you well know, the Christian life is just hard. And, and life is difficult. And hope may be very difficult to find. But I'm here to tell you that we can do what David did. And, and sometimes we must do this. We must just wrestle. That's, what, that's why it's called a spiritual battle. That's why the Bible says fight the good fight. That's why, that's why scripture says work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's difficult sometimes. I'm not here to tell you it's easy. I couldn't think of anything easy to say to my friend that night on Christmas Eve when he had that pistol right between us. Sometimes it's just hard. And we wrestle. And we, it's during those times that we learn how to pray. And we learn how to fight the good fight. And we learn about those difficult verses we never knew anything about but because of the hardship and the brokenness that we're going through, we learned to, to slug our way through spiritually, just to fight on our knees. I don't know why you're I don't know why, God, this is happening to me, but I know that you love me. And I know I trust you. I just don't understand. And you know what? We don't have to know everything about God. We don't have to know everything about theology and God's sovereignty. We just need to know that he loves us. Hope does not mean that we will not fear. You know, you can lose hope. You may have lost hope today. You may lose the sense of hope tomorrow, but the Bible says that hope that's lost can be found. The same Job, the same Job, and you know, you know about Job. Think about his life and his family. The same Job who said, my days are without hope, said, though God slay me, I will trust him. And how do you get to, to that place where you trust God that much? <laughs> On your knees, Probably. Slugging it out, fighting that that spiritual battle, fighting the good fight, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. The same Jesus who said, my soul is overwhelmed in me, take this cup from me, he said, yet not as I will, but as you will. You can't say that to God unless you've learned to trust him. And the only way that you, can, that you and I can learn to trust God is to walk with him through the mountains and the valleys, through the good times and the bad, when things are great and we have tons of hope and when we have none. Because we know that God is there and we know that he loves us. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We feel hopeless without an anchor, when we just hope in things we can touch or when we don't see immediate results when god seems distant maybe that's why there's such an emphasis in scripture on trusting in faith now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see hebrews 11:1 the more you and i and and that's one reason we're here today the more we grow in faith, the more hope we will have. The more faith you have, the more hope you have. And maybe it's the other way around also. The more hope you have, the more faith you will have. I believe they're both gifts of God. Is your, is your faith weak today? Is our faith weak? Is our sense of hope weak today? If it is, don't feel bad. So was the disciples. The disciples said, Lord, how come we can't do what you do? How come we don't have the power you, how come we can't cast out demons and heal people? And they said to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. Do you want more faith? I do. Well, the Bible says if you want more faith, just ask for it. Lord, increase my faith. That's what the disciples did. I think the same thing goes with hope. Lord, I, I'm, 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 I'm just, I know that you love me. I know that you're, you're my father and I'm your child. But I feel hopeless. Would you give me hope today? Ask for it. God is the source of faith and hope. Persevere. Persevere. If we want hope and we want faith and we want to see God work, I think we need to persevere. That's why it says fight. That's why it says wait upon the Lord. We don't have a, a we, our prayer life is not like a drive-through. It's, we, it, sometimes we just have to struggle it out sometimes. Knowing scripture gives us faith. Romans 15.4 says we might have hope through perseverance and the encouragement of scripture. ...and surrendering to the Spirit. May the God of hope fill you with all... ...joy and peace as you trust in Him... ...so that you may overflow with hope. So I... ...just in, just in passing... ...we receive hope and faith... ...through asking for it... ...persevering... ...knowing Scripture... ...and surrendering to the Spirit. We rejoice in our sufferings... ...because we know that suffering... ...produces perseverance... Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope is not, is not an instant thing. It's, it's, a, it's a process, according to Romans 5.3. I want to just, as I start coming down off the mountain, I want to just give you some things that you can, you can take with you, I think, today. Some reasons to hope. Number one, God is in control. God sees, God knows about what you're going through. And he knows your situation far more deeply than you. And God may know the purpose for your difficulty. God does know the purpose for you. He is the creator and the sustainer, our very present help in time of trouble. Another reason that you and I can hope is that because God hasn't given up on us. Some people think because they feel hopeless that God has abandoned them. The opposite is true. God hasn't given up on you. God loves you. And will always love you. God has plans for you. And they include blessing and protection and challenge and testing. And the gift of hope. We are never too damaged or too far gone to come to the Lord. That's, 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 I want to give that to you today. You're you're not too damaged to come to God. And you can take that with you to work and to your neighborhood and to your family and tell them they're not too damaged, that God loves them. Another reason that you can hope, and you'll be happy, I just skipped two pages of notes. So... your life, the story that God is writing in your life is not done yet. Your life story is not finished. The vast majority of the human race and the people of the Bible experienced hopelessness. So don't feel too bad. Everybody does. And they experienced hopeless situations. Think about Job and Joseph and David and Bathsheba and the woman caught in adultery. Jeremiah and Hannah and Jesus experienced times where they were in hopeless situations. But God gave them faith, hope, and love. God gave them a sense that he was in control. And they could trust him through this this trial in their life. And God reminded them that he had not given up on them. And they got through it. There's another reason to hope is that there's purpose for our pain. Suffering produces perseverance and character and hope. Why do we experience brokenness? Why do we experience hope? A sense of hopelessness? Just maybe, God is developing our character. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And and perseverance finishes its work so you may be complete, mature, lacking, not lacking in anything. So we sense hopelessness because God is developing our character. We we experience a sense of hopelessness and brokenness because God's not finished with us yet yet. And because God is trying to teach us, I believe, to place our confidence in him. God hears our prayers. That's another reason we can hope. Teaching you and I how to pray and seek and ask and knock and rely. And here's another one. You and I can hope because you know well enough to know that we're not just here for ourselves. The the comfort and the hope and the faith that God gives us today, he wants us to give to somebody else this week to pass it on. And uh, the last reason that we can hope is that I I just finished an awesome book by, uh, oh boy, Randy Alcorn. And the book was simply called Heaven. And I read about heaven because so many people that I know are dying. I want to know where they're going. I want to know more about this place that my mom and dad went to and that Melanie's parents went to recently and that Don and others in our church family have. So another reason we can hope is that our loved ones who know Christ are secure in the arms of the Father. We have this hope as an anchor. Let me, let, me, let me just wrap this up and we'll have communion. Uh, you guys know that I grew up in a small town in Kansas. And the only anchor I ever saw was a little anchor in a rowboat. Well, this Kansas boy went to my second duty station, my first Navy ship, was the biggest thing i'd ever seen the anchor was bigger than my house so when when you think about hope being the anchor for your soul think about an aircraft carrier's anchor hope is the anchor let me tell you about our ship's anchor it had 57 links every link weighed 350 pounds it had a 90 foot chain It weighed 20,500 pounds, there were 12 shots of chain, and the anchor weighed 60,000 pounds. I want you to think about that the next time you remember Hebrews 6.19, that we have this hope that we've been talking about today, we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. Thank you. Hope becomes an anchor for our lives that helps us weather the storms. The old sailor looked at the skies, and he saw a dark storm coming. As the sea became rough and choppy, the old sailor calmly lowered the heavy chained anchor link by link, battened down the hatches, and he went to bed for the night. He knew the storm would be rough, but he had faith in the grasp of the anchor. He knew his boat would be there in the morning we're going to be here tomorrow and life is going to be hard and we're going to learn to fight the good fight and that hope doesn't always come easy but it will come it may be dark for you right now but the light is coming you may sense you may sense very clearly the cross in your life but the resurrection for you is coming too Heavenly Father, we ask that you will um, impress upon us the the reality of the hope we have in, in Christ. We thank you that sometimes the only way we can discover the gifts that you've given us is to pray for them and to fight the good fight. But we're, we're, we're deeply thankful to you for hope being the anchor of our soul and Jesus being the anchor of our lives. We ask you now to bless this time of communion and the Lord's Supper. Remind us, Lord, that you'll never leave us. Remind us that we're not too damaged to be healed. Remind us that there's no sin that you can't forgive. And we praise you and thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.